Ngai mob. It's Sunday morning and I'm on beautiful Kurno country in South Australia and I just went for a beautiful long walk. I'm sitting on the beach and I've just been sitting within myself, within my body and with my thoughts and I wanted to share a little bit about with you about my journey back to jiu-jitsu. So pre-COVID, I, I think from about 2018, if I'm being honest and looking at the timeline, 2015, no, pretty much from 2011 to 2017 were my best years in jiu-jitsu in terms of I was focused, I was committed, and I was on the path. And then after I won my second world title in 2017, I really started to lose myself from the path. I was focusing more on the outcomes. I was, we were in a lot of financial stress at that point, and I was really coming from survival mode and scarcity mindset in that I was struggling with the workload that I had. I was struggling with the responsi- um, with the responsibility of trying to figure out how to support my jiu-jitsu career and take care of my family as well. So I was working, I was studying. At that point, I'd also started my business and I was training six days a week, twice a day. And we had a, George and I were both training and competing. The kids were training as well. And it was, it was a lot. And then I also was worrying about my family and, and things like that. So I really lost track of why I do jiu-jitsu and why I was on that pathway uh, of working through jiu-jitsu and working um, towards black, black world titles. And then COVID hit and jiu-jitsu was taken off the table altogether in Victoria and also um, not just not just jiu-jitsu but um, my business was shut down being speaking and events and it hadn't evolved yet to what it could be and I decided to press pause on jiu-jitsu I left Melbourne and I moved home to be with my family and just like everyone else kind of see what happened Uh, the world got world had to press pause and for me that pause was it was really powerful and for a while there I thought maybe I'm not going to go back to competing in jiu-jitsu I'll I'll just go back to doing jiu-jitsu for the love of it and we decided to try for another baby because we wanted to expand our family and through that pregnancy I ended up I think my at my heaviest I was about 140 kilos and it really impacted my body and then with the birth of my son I'll go through the birth of my son at another point because it's still something I'm processing even though he's 16 months old now but through the birthing process and the the body trauma that I experienced he um I've ended up fractioning 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 fracturing my tailbone and I didn't even know that you could fracture your coccyx or your tailbone and I didn't realize until about four months postpartum because I'd ended up having an emergency c-section and during my birth I thought that I'd be able I'd be back on the mats within four to six weeks of giving birth to my son because when you've given birth to twins naturally uh, you kind of have this assumption that 
you can give birth to a single baby. And mind you, I was 20, I was 25 when I had my twins naturally. I was uh, 37 when I had my, had our, had Lunny. And all these thoughts and these expectations around how I wanted to experience the birth, who I was through this birth, really impacted me postpartum. And when I found out that not only after having a cesarean and the recovery time that that would take, but also that I'd fractured my tailbone, it really impacted me and wasn't a wasn't an easy transition back into jiu-jitsu. And then trying to get back on the mats, my belt didn't fit. Um, I couldn't find a gi that fit me comfortably. So it was really heartbreaking. The first night I got onto the mats, I just cried because I was just so devastated and just so impacted by that experience. So I kind of stayed away for two weeks and then I came back to jiu-jitsu and I was just on the mats. I was just trying to get some movement through my body. And it was just this whisper of find the love for jiu-jitsu again. Find the love for yourself and your body in, in this moment again. And over many months, probably three to six months from uh, that four-month mark moving forward, I just went to jiu-jitsu and I went to the mats when I felt like it or when I needed that connection. And I just took the time slowly. I slowly got back into the gym to start to move my body and try and lose some of the baby weight and just find my way back to myself. And by about when baby was about seven months, my, my tailbone pain was getting worse so and wasn't healing. So I went to see a few different specialists and they were like, look, you've got to give it six to 12 months and it usually will heal itself. However, when Lani turned one, it wasn't healing itself. I was, I was still having a lot of trouble. So the impact for me and the experience that I had with the fractured um, coccyx was that, or a broken coccyx now that I know, was that I couldn't sit for long periods of time, which impacted my ability to be in the car and travel, which impacted my work, it impacted my mental health. And then I started to do some more research because I was getting frustrated. And the only options that were medically available to me was a steroid shot in that area, which only had a 30% chance of uh, rating of success uh, removal, which has its own implications. And or just time. And I started to look more into it. And I found this research that shared that trauma in the pelvic floor and the coccyx, that lower body area, is often tied to emotions of financial stress, scarcity, abandonment, um, anxiety. And it made sense because what I was experiencing emotionally at that time was fear around how was I going to support my family? What was my business going to look like? I was supporting Kilalana heavily as well. And was I have this history of getting into situations where I want to be and then getting overwhelmed by the success or the momentum of the situation. So I really started to sit with my spiritual self and my physical self and started to look at how would healing and working through my emotional self allow my physical self to heal. Now, this is stuff that I've been touching on and off with for about 10 years now. When I first found out about trauma, I first found out that we hold our trauma in our body. So when we have a physical illness or 
physical pain or restriction, it can often, a lot of the times, be linked back to an emotional or spiritual stress event or illness that we haven't been able to heal or address and we've carried that with us. And for me, this has really brought me to this moment where my we just attended the South Australian state titles yesterday and with my journey back to jiu-jitsu and the mats and like I said, for initially attending, intending not to compete again or not to make it a big part of my life, when my oldest daughter um, started preparing to go to the Worlds, which is how um, the IBJJF World Championships for Jiu-Jitsu was held in LA every year at the end of May, start of June. And I started to watch her preparation and I started to get this hunger inside of me. And I, I didn't really pay attention to it, had a lot going on at the time. And then it got time for her to go overseas. And my husband, her dad, is her coach. He's a black belt in Jiu-Jitsu and I funded um, about 50% of the, or our business funded about 50% of that, that trip. And in order to do that, I ended up getting a whole host of speaking gigs, which meant that I had to take the baby and the twins with me while I um, traveled to different places to deliver those keynotes so that I could support Nacinta's trip to America. And we were sitting in, a, in an Airbnb in Melbourne and I was sitting there and I was logging in to watch her fight and I could feel this, this tension in my stomach. My head was aching and I was kind of like just sitting in my body and I was like, what's, what's going on? And I started journaling and I started to, to sit with that a little bit. And what I realized is, is that I was resentful. I was jealous I wanted to be there, not just to watch her, and I was sad that we couldn't all be there to support her, but I realised I was jealous and resentful of the fact that I also wanted to be on the mats with her. I wanted to be competing. I missed competing, and I was resentful of the fact that my daughter got to go and that I didn't get to be there as well. And I think the first time I heard this idea, this concept of follow your jealousy was from Rachel Rogers, who is, um, has a book, We Should All Be Millionaires. And she's a, an influencer and a thought leader in terms of um, women's empowerment and women's financial freedom. And she, she was like, in her podcast, she was like, follow your jealousy. Because your jealousy isn't something to be ashamed of or to hide from. And it's not necessarily a negative emotion. Our jealousy is often just indicating or leading us, pointing us towards the things we want more of or things we want to experience for ourselves that other people are already experiencing. And it was with that moment, that little PowerPoint that connected with the experience that I was having in the moment I was watching my daughter getting ready to compete on an international stage that I knew very well and obviously missed but didn't realize that I missed And I sat with that and then it started to drive me towards a question of what would it take? What sort of business would I need to build? What sort of brand would I need to build um, that would be able to support my family and support a a jiu-jitsu career so I would actually have the time to train, the time to develop my skills and also the resources to be able to travel and compete. Um, And also what who would I need to become in order to start working towards this journey to black belt? And 
this is all kind of sitting in my body. It's sitting in the physical body, the spiritual and the emotional and mental bodies. And how do I weave those experiences together? Because it's one thing to have a vision or understand a calling. And it's another to actually believe that it's possible. And on the surface, I believe it, but I've been holding this tension in my body. My body is really stiff. So I went for a walk on the beach this morning and my, my upper back is really stiff. I'm, I'm curled over almost like in a fetal position. And the last few months I've been struggling with a depressive state, waking up, feeling really heavy, not wanting to get out of bed, procrastinating in my tasks, avoidance, overwhelm. And that's been reflecting itself in my body with waking up with a lot of physical pain, even though I'm not training as much, a lot of tension in, in, um, in my upper back and through my hips and my legs. And I've been sitting with that experience and going, well, it's not really the situation that's the challenge because I have an evidence base to know that I have what it takes to grow and nurture a business and a, and a brand that can be impactful, profitable and purposeful in that the work that I do is so important, empowering women and girls to set themselves free through being a role model and an example of that myself through who I am and the life that I'm living and sharing and the story that I'm sharing, but also through the Kilalana Foundation and our um, Titters program, through our gatherings and just being in a storyteller and, and being on stages and sharing my story of going from suicide to world champion and nurturing the warrior heart movement. So today I really, or the last two days, yesterday I woke up and I had this feeling of peace and awe. And I was able to just look around and I'm with my family. We've been able to support three other young young people to come with us to compete at the South Australian titles. My babies are all asleep and healthy and safe. We had access to food and we even had a little bit of extra financial means to treat ourselves to be able to have an Airbnb on the beautiful Kurnoo country and on the beach and just wake up to that view. And I really sat in awe of that this is my life in this moment and that this is who I am. And it's definitely a different state that I was waking up in compared to the weeks and months prior to this. And it's because I've lost or I hadn't cultivated, I hadn't nurtured that belief in myself and working on my own mindset, my own thoughts and my beliefs of that this next chapter is possible, that it is possible for me to have the time and the resources to focus on my journey to my dream and my vision of being a black belt world champion, of getting Kilalana to a point where it's supported, it has staff, and we can continue our, our important work, but I can slowly remove myself by degrees of separation from the direct delivery of Kilalana. I can be Anishan, I can go out and share our story, and I can bring the energy and the focus, but I don't have to be res- like responsible for being the CEO and the the management and the delivery of the program because those aren't my strengths and that tension's been sitting in my body which has been limiting my physical well-being it's impacting my my mental well-being and just by going for a walk on the beach today I've been able to kind of sit with that and pull it all together and go 
my tailbone, my fractured coccyx has been healing over the last six months because I've been sitting in my emotional body. I've been looking at what is, where is the tension? How do I release that physical tension and through um, deliberate like um, rehab and mobility program? But also how do I work on the emotional and spiritual body to bring the truth to the surface of what I'm experiencing, what I'm believing and how is that driving my actions and my choices that I'm making? So that work has slowly and that building the evidence base and the trust in myself and the vision that I have that not only is the vision possible for me, but it's also possible by me because my ancestors, my vision came to me. I didn't just call it to me. It came to me. It chose me. So who am I to not trust in myself or to trust in my ancestors in the universe that what they've gifted to me is possible for me and by me? And this surrendering to this, this surrendering and nurturing and cultivating this trust and belief, not just in myself but also in my vision, is allowing my body to respond differently. It's allowing me to meet the situation differently because the more I work with all of those bodies together, the more I'm finding that it's becoming accessible for me to do jiu-jitsu, that my training is going to improve from that. So this is just my little download of kind of where I'm at on the 9th of October 2022, sitting on a beach on Kurno Country, after watching my family compete yesterday, watching my niece compete in her first competition, seeing the community and remembering why I love jiu-jitsu and why I'm even on this journey through jiu-jitsu to black belt in life, in business, in self and in jiu-jitsu. And what does that actually mean? And who do I need to be in this moment? And what actions, what beliefs do I need to nurture? What actions do I need to take so that I can plant the seeds today for that to even become possible in the months and years to come. So by being in my body and understanding that my body and its potential is also reliant upon the emotional and mental and spiritual selves that I'm holding and what I'm nurturing from those spaces, they'll all weave together to really develop and nurture the potential or the possibilities that are available to me. But that all becomes determined by who I am now, how I'm meeting the moment and what work, what inner work am I willing to do to heal myself and meet myself. And I think that's been one of the blessings and the gifts of a difficult birth, a cesarean and just even being able to sit with my mental health and my depressive nature and rather than resenting it, just meeting it for what it is in this moment and who I am. And just letting it kind of be in my body, sitting with my jealousy, sitting with all these different emotions and going, who am I now? Who am I feeling called to be? And what journey am I on? And how do they weave together so that I can meet the moment for what it is, as it is, whilst also having influence in planting seeds and making possible the vision and the future I want to have. Big love you, mob.